The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. So in the last week, we have gotten up-close looks at Buffalo Sabres and the Ottawa Senators. And my main takeaway from seeing both those teams as of late is this is already the toughest division in the National Hockey League, and it's not going to get any easier. These are good, young hockey teams that within the next couple of years, like the days, I feel like the days of the Bruins, the Lightning, and the Leafs being the top three in this division are coming to an end. Yeah, they looked, um, Ottawa looked fast. They looked fast. And they were hard on pucks. And the, the amount of puck battles won on the boards. And yeah, it's they're, they're no joke. They're, they, I mean, they, they're they missing a goaltender. They're missing a little bit of star power. But they, the holy, man, they are not the shitty sends anymore. They are on their way, and they are fast. There's a lot of people who last uh, night after that game were really like kind of pissed. I saw a lot of that on Twitter being like, oh, well, here we go again. And like the, another crap effort and nobody showed up. And But it's like, and I mean this, I don't mean this in like a negative way. I mean it in like a, it's just reality. Like this is who they are. Like you knew that they had a tough game on Friday night against Carolina. Another really, really good hockey team. Like really good hockey team. And you knew that they were going to come out. They have to go to Ottawa, which I understand is not a massive amount of travel, but it's still travel. They have to go to Ottawa. It's like you just knew that they weren't like they, they would be kind of spent after Friday night's game against Carolina. Yeah, but I, I would make the argument that I knew they were going to have the type of game you're referring to because it's just a Saturday night game against a rival. And this is what this franchise does. They don't win these games decisively they always find a way to make it interesting and entertaining and drive their fan base crazy with it because i i just knew i sent you a text in the first period being like i know it's just gonna be one of these games because it's saturday night against a bubble hockey team that's one of their quote-unquote rivals and it's just this is what this franchise does they 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 keep their like it's the type of game they have and it's it's kind of annoying like like it is kind of annoying but it was entertaining. I'll say that. Alex Kerfoot, baby. Listen, got to give the guys due. We've That's something that we've always preached on this pod. Like, we will come on here and we will chirp guys and rip on guys, but you got to tip your cap. And the, what is this? Stop slowing down in the shootout. There's, like, when I'm watching it, when some guy comes over the blue line and, and he immediately puts the brakes on, I just go, oh, you're not scoring. The stupidest thing about that was Nylander and Matthews go and score on two backhand dekes, and then the next five guys decide to shoot. Didn't you just watch what he just... Didn't you watch the two guys who scored? Why are you going in and shooting? It's clear that this guy's a little slow on the side to side because he's a mon. The guy's like six foot seven. He's a monster in the net. They go in and shoot. <sighs> Matt Murray makes 52 saves. Well, that's another issue with that game. Like that's that's not good. Like that is, they have the what do they have 20, 20 shots after one? Like that, that's annoying. 
I don't want to dwell on negative today because they've they literally have have put together some nice wins in the last week against good teams and like even the games that they like the loss to Colorado wasn't like that was that could have gone either way. But I'm this team defensively in their own zone gives up a lot of scoring chances in the middle of the ice and we kind of have gone back to this like classic like 52 saves for Matt Murray is kind of classic, like is kind of classic Leafs in the sense, giving up so many shots, so many quality scoring chances. He still allows four goals, but in my opinion was like, he was the second star of the game. I just thought they got outworked. Like, I think that was the one thing I, I 52 shots on goal. Sorry, not saves 52 shots on. They're they're a good team and they they know how to they like they're gonna get they've been remarkably consistent. We talked about it last week. Like they haven't lost two games in a row since January. Like they're just they're a remarkably consistent hockey team. But the one thing I noticed against Carolina and Ottawa is they're they're not they're not the fastest team in the league anymore. Like they used to have a reputation of being a team that played very fast and they're very fast on transition and getting an odd man rush. And that's how they usually score their goals. Like Marner did it twice last night, but in terms of just working for pucks and just battles, like the Carolina hurricanes and the Ottawa Sanders are two fast, tenacious, hard battling on the boards, hockey teams. And it, it just became apparent that this team isn't really the fastest hockey team in the league anymore. Well, they kind of, that's what a lot of the naysayers who are upset about moving on from um, Sandine and Ingvall. That's one of the points that they really stick on is, well, you've, you're, you're slower now. Like you're a slower hockey team now. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I don't care about like that. Those players, they were slow with those guys. Like, I'm not one of those guys who thought they were great with them. So I don't really care. It's just, these other teams are just younger. They've, they've faster D like that's for sure. Like the D is faster for both those teams, but I, I just, I don't know. Hurricanes They're, too, man. You, you, you said Rod, the bods got these guys like puck possession. Oh yeah. You want to talk about the, the Leafs want to play a puck possession game. Watch that Carolina hurricane team play hockey. Holy shit. Do they have possession? They are just all over the puck. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I'm trying. I don't. We're winding down here. Yeah. Like, like I don't like want to be winding down. I'm, I'm kind of struggling because I don't want to be negative. Like I don't want to sit here and be negative, but I, I'm defensively. There's two things I'm worried about with this team. First and foremost is the head coach. Like no disrespect to David camp, great utility role player, but guys on the ice for two minutes in overtime against the Ottawa senators. Like what? I just, I just feel like Sheldon is kind of losing his mind with like all the roster upgrades and all the new guys they've brought in where like I've used the term galaxy braining. Like he's just, he's way like, he's way too into, he's trying to be the smartest guy in the room and it's driving me a bit nuts. You, you said it the other night and I completely agree with you. What, how, how much would you love to have Rod the Bod behind the Maple Leaf bench? Yeah. He's just got an aura about him. So Sheldon is the first thing that I'm kind of concerned with. And then defensively, I just don't think they're good. Like 52 shots to the Ottawa Senators. And yes, they're a much better hockey team. 52 shots. Got it worked. What like, are that we was doing? Just, like what? Like they, they gave up that many shots because they just flat out got outworked in that hockey game. 
That, that, that's, that's what I saw. And it's the mark of a good team to get outworked and come back and pick up a nice win. But it, still, it's just, I'm kind of like, I don't know here. Like, th- but there isn't, it isn't all negative. Like, Keith said after the game last night, which I thought was really interesting, that Matthews was very passionate about wanting to keep Callie Yarncrock on his line. Callie Yarncrock can straight up wire the puck. Yeah, when he gets his chance. Yeah. yeah. Like, so f- that's a kind of a nice little uh, revelation because then he can spread the wealth out a little bit more. Yeah. Well, at least you know when he gets that opportunity, like he can, he can he bury. Can bury. Like yeah. that's that's something that Alex Kerfoot can't do. That's that that's a valuable asset when you're playing with a with a top hockey player. But again, his he he himself not that fast. Yeah, not that fast of a hockey player. Is that something you think that could come back to bite them in the playoffs? Is the lack of speed like are you are you worried no, about that? Like no. I don't think against the Lightning that's going to be. But that when big they of like but, but when they played against Edmonton in Toronto. They look like the fastest hockey team I've ever seen in my entire life. I know they have it in them. It's just when they get outworked, it kind of just sticks out to me that they are, they aren't that fast when they're not on their best. Like I've seen them play fast hockey, but those two games, I thought they get out, got out skated by two hockey teams back to back. Yeah. And I, I, again, second half of a back to back, but I just, it's just, it's so, I just find right now it's really hard because we're just winding down. Yes. We're winding down. You don't want to come on here. You don't want to be too negative because they're, look at the record. Yeah, I know. Look at the record. Look at the record. Like, yeah. what can you really say? Like, they're a good hockey team. Yep. They're, they're like, they're, they're better than anyone in the West. Yes. Like, they have more points than anybody in the Western Conference. Like, they are just a damn good, consistent hockey team that wins hockey games. And it just comes down to the way the NHL playoffs are sort of constructed and the fact that like who they're going to have to go through to go on a run here. Like it's that simple. Like, and and then when you think about the series, like you can't, but you can't be too positive because you know what happens. Like you can see things in their game right now where everyone just points to and they go, well, you got to do that in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's just, it's hard to take these past two games. And I like the game. I like their game against Carolina. Carolina played well, Really well, but I like their game. Like Sam Lafferty had a great game. I thought Yarncroft was Yarn- phenomenal in that yeah, game as like, well. I thought Matthews was all around it in that game. Like he yeah. was, he was, he was on another level. Marner's on another level. Like I thought. Like I don't want to sit here and, and say like we're not being negative about the Carolina game. Like Carolina's a good hockey team that played well, but the Leafs played really well too and capitalized on their chances. Yeah, for sure. I, I, it's not even being negative about that game. I just saw Carolina and. Again, a team that's just missing a little star power and missing some prominent goaltending, even though they've played three goalies all year, which is wild. But I, I think I, I'm not trying to be negative. It's just it, it's I'm just trying to find something to like nitpick out of these games going into the playoffs because you can't we can't just come on here and be like, oh, well, it's all great. They're a great hockey team. Like, I just got to think of something that I can I could see that I'm seeing that makes me a little bit concerned for this hockey team. For me, it's defensively. I've said it a couple of times now it's defensively. Like, do you agree with what, with my assessment? Like when you watch, like I just find that like they're, they're back to this sort of scrambling around in their own zone. They give up a lot of chances up the middle of the ice in their own zone. There's a lot of guys who are like in around the, uh, between the hash marks in the offensive zone that are just like, like the, at least a couple times a game, Murray or Samsonov have to make huge saves because there's quality offensive chances that the other team is getting because somebody's out of position, somebody turns the puck over, 
somebody like that to me is what I'm kind of worried about. Well, yeah, they're, they're they're having a hard time breaking out sometimes. And then what, what I find what I found in the Ottawa game too, it's once Ottawa got possession of the puck, it just seemed so easy for them to to bring it back to the point and get a good chance on net. And it's just it seemed like they had a lot of space in the zone when they started firing it around. Yeah. And I, I don't really know what that is, but yeah, I mean, their breakouts aren't clean. I thought their neutral zone play was brutal. I thought John Tavares was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like as in someone who was playing in that aspect of the game, who just every time he got the puck in the neutral zone, he was checked immediately and can the puck I, was going the other way around. Can I offer a differing opinion? There's a lot of people that are just saying, you know, when O'Reilly comes back, he's the third line center. Why can't John Tavares be the third? John Tavares can't skate. He's still he's still elite in the I'm gonna get crushed for someone's gonna see me say that and go, you're so negative. Like he can't skate. He's when he gets down low in the offensive zone, he's still elite. He still has the hands, he still has the shot, he still has the whatever. But when you get like Two games this week where I thought he looked just completely outclassed because of your point, the speed of the game, Colorado and Carolina. He just like, he was a spinning top. Like he would start going um, north and the puck would go south. He would start going south and the puck would go north. Like it's just, he can't skate. He can't skate. We love him. He's still elite. I am in no way saying he's not an elite hockey player still in, in, in certain aspects. But I, I'm kind of perplexed at this, like, oh, well, uh, clearly O'Reilly's your third-line centerman. And it's like, I don't think John Tavares is, is like, significantly better than Ryan O'Reilly. Like, am I crazy? Yeah, I, I, with John, it's just, like, when the, the, the games, he's not on fire. It just, it just doesn't look great. It just doesn't look, doesn't pass the smell test when he's not out there contributing at his best it's just he's a lot a lot of what you said it's just he just never really has the puck like he's always just kind of skating this way skating that way skating and you're just kind of like what are you doing like you just it's hard for you to keep up right now like he it's like he gets some momentum going through the neutral zone and there's a there's an ottawa center right on his ass checks him takes the puck they're going the other way i guess the argument against my own point that i just made is once you get into the bottom six you start getting into guys who are playing specific roles and if speed is something john Tavares is struggling with like you don't really want him in a checking capacity because can he keep up with someone so maybe you look at O'Reilly and go yeah when push comes to shove if he has to play a defensive role from time to time we're more confident in his ability to do that and and I mean Tavares is a better like he, he's still capable of scoring 30 40 goals in the NHL like when he has a chance he buries as well so I mean there's always that you just hope that when it matters most Slow John goes away, and then the contributing John shows up. Yeah, it's just it's just like one game he looks like it's like this guy is still elite, and then there's other games when he's not is at his when best. The speed, and... It's when the speed of the game really picks up that it's noticeable that he's he's really behind the play. Like the like if they if they ended up playing like a Carolina in the playoffs, like a fast young hockey team like that, you wonder how much of a factor he could be. Like I, when you think of the Lightning, for instance, do you do you think of them as a fast team? I don't. No, I don't. I think of um, see the thing about the Carolina is I would I would feel good about the Leafs playing Carolina in a playoff series because like you're not really going up against a lot of star power and the thing the Leafs have had in common with their past 
two playoff losses, it's like they're just playing an all-world tendy. Like, they're yeah. just like, yeah. Like, I know they lost to the Habs, but, like, Carey Price was still in there playing, like, Carey Price, and then they lose to Vasilevsky, and then they lost to, like, Tuca all those years. Like, it's, it's almost like they run into a good goalie, like, almost every single time they're in the playoffs. Like, I, I'd be down for them to go play Anti Ranta or Freddie Anderson or whoever that, Pacheco, whatever his name was in the net the other night. I, that, I would feel good about them in that sense. But, like, you look at Tampa, it's like they're not the fastest team, but... They do have star power, which Carolina is kind of lacking, and they have a goalie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you're not you're not wrong. Um, something else I wanted to touch on was Morgan Riley. I think I thought he played really well against Carolina again, and I think he's starting to sort of find his game. I think bringing in um some of the guys they've brought in. Well, it's McCabe. It's yeah. it's it's not uh, you can. I like Luke Shen, Gustafson, whatever, but it's it's McCabe. The guys come in, he's all of a sudden their top, getting the most minutes tonight. I I I think he came in, he's almost their top defenseman, which kind of tells you the state of the decor. Like it's really like it's it's not horrible, but when a guy comes in and he's he's not really a well, top. Well, it's because D he he's kind of like Brody in the sense that like they don't have a lot of like Riley's a riverboat gambler. So if you can get Morgan Riley in a situation where he can think it's kind of weird considering this is why the people who on social media who say try him on left wing makes me laugh, but I don't think it's that I would, I, they'll never do it, but I don't think it's that silly of an opinion just because he's a defenseman who excels when he can think offense first. Like Morgan Riley is not a good defensive defenseman. So the thing, the reason why I think Keith loves McCabe and we all love McCabe is because he's more like Brody in the sense that like he's a more physical version of TJ Brody. He's a solid guy. He pitched in, he'll pitch in for offense when it makes sense, but he's, he's a defensive defenseman first. And so that's why I think Keith has just been like, oh my God, this guy's like found gold and he's like ready to, he's a, he's their top Brody and McCabe are their top two defensemen. Like without question. Because they're the most defensive guys they have. So, yeah, it, having said that, though, I think bringing in the defensive depth, it's given Keefe a chance to sort of move Riley out of... Because Riley was always by default because of like his who he is and where he was drafted and how much money he makes. And he he's a good, good hockey player. He was always like, oh, he's in their top two. But he's not. Like, if you can get him away and he can be a 3-4 and he can think offense first and he can go in and score that really nice goal that he scored against Carolina, like, that's when Morgan Riley's at his best. Hey, we we almost forgot to mention who was not in the lineup against Ottawa. Oh, thank you very much. And and, and when you taught, when Sheldon commented on it after, what did they say? Just going to give him a night off because he's 39 years old. I, we almost let that one slip. Oh I had to mention God. that one. Yeah, so all of you who are crying on TikTok about giving Mark Giordano a night off, like, relax. Because he's 39. Yeah, cause because when you're 39, sometimes you look like you're 39, just like how, just like what we were talking about Tavares earlier, when he's slow, sometimes he's going to look slow. Yes, he's another guy, like, I. it's, it's kind of tough, like, Tavares is a guy that I really do think could use. Like he's a guy whose whose um, minutes I would start to limit as we're heading towards the playoffs here. But 
they're only three points up on Tampa. It's like they can't, they're still in a, like, yes, they're making the playoffs. And you and I have gone back and forth on how important home ice advantage is. I think when you look at Ilya Samsonov's record at home versus on the road and the fact that he is your starting goalie in game one, I think home ice advantage is super important and you have to try and get it. I just, I just like, do you buy that? Like, I, it is, it is an amazing record and it's, it's interesting because you'd almost like to know what the difference is. Like, it's not the same as like football. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not that type of home ice advantage, but like, to me, that just, that kind of goes in the garbage when the playoffs start. Though. Ryan, like, I, I think this team's playoff psyche is so oh. fragile <laughs> That you need every little bit, any advantage that you can get, you need. You absolutely need. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the standings, like the only thing separating Tampa and Toronto is OT losses. Yes. Like there's, they both have 42 wins. The Leafs have a game in hand, but like, like they're, they're like Tampa scored more goals. The Leafs have been better defensively. Yeah. Like it's pretty, it's, you know, like they're, they're pretty similar this year. Yes. Like it's not, I don't think there's a bigger, a big, uh, uh, I think the gap has definitely been, sh- been shortened in terms of the talent level between the two teams. But like, I just got to think that Tampa, there's no way that these guys, after going to three straight cup finals and in the shortened span that they've done it with the COVID year and that sort of thing, there's no way these guys aren't. Like the gas, there's no way the gas tank is is still full. No, like there's no way. No, I, 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 I they're so due. They're yes, so yes, they due, are man. so due. Yes, they're so due for for an L. Like yes. I, I'm, it needs to happen. Yeah, like it absolutely needs to happen. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so. Yeah, the Leafs. Like I didn't realize like their goals against. It's just like it's really solid. Like just yeah, looking, that's the yeah, thing. Like, like you and I talked about what, this. What is like? Are we just like? Now I feel like I've just been like obsessively negative this whole episode. Like, am I just like totally market blind right now? I like, don't think so. I I think I think like I wasn't trying to like it's not say a, it's not about it's not about Saturday night in Ottawa. Like that's not what it's about. It's about. Game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Game two, game three, game four, game five, game six, game seven. Because you know it's going seven. That's what it's about. It's when I see things on the ice that I find kind of scary and sketchy, I'm looking at it through the lens of Steven Stamkos is going to bury that. Kucherov is going to bury that. Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm not worried about the, like, they're in the playoffs. Like, it's over. Like, they've got a lot of, we talked about this last week. There's a lot of, um, good teams that they play down the stretch here in the final few weeks of the season. But even still, it's like, I'm not going to get bent out of shape over losing games for the rest of the year. I am going to get bent out of shape over habits that I'm seeing that I think a team like Tampa, because none of this, as soon as you drop the puck on game one, where your power play is ranked in the regular season, doesn't matter. I know. And that goals against don't matter. Like, Samsonov and Murray's records don't matter. How many goals Austin Matthews has doesn't matter. Like, that's the lens that I'm looking at this through. It's like, like, we need, we need the best version of this team firing on all cylinders 
when game one begins. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we're that's why you kind of have to nitpick in these games that you're watching right now because of that. Like, yeah, the the results, the results, the stats are the stats, but like you're just trying to find those little things that you go, well, and maybe in a playoff game, that that's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. And a guy like Kucherov's gonna bury that puck. Yes. Like not not a third liner from Ottawa. Like Yes, know. yes. And there's lots of like I think this revelation of Cali Yarncroc being a guy that Matthews wants to play with, play with, and being able to score goals when Matthews sets them up for him is really great. Like I think that gives them another option of a guy because we've been we've been criticizing, and not just us, everyone else has been criticizing Keith constantly wanting to shove Alex Kerfoot into the top six. But it's like Cali Yarncroc could be a guy that in a pinch you bring up there. And it sort of spreads out the spreads out the wealth, like we said before. We talked about Jake McCabe, another guy. He like him and Achari, like the sexy guy that they picked up at the um the sexy name that they picked up at the um deadline is obviously Ryan O'Reilly. And but like McCabe and Achari, like those are like Noel Achari, who thank thank God doesn't have a concussion. <laughs> Oh my God. We talked about last week about like how cursed this team is. And I'm sitting there on Friday night and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like really? Yeah. Like really? Yeah. But he doesn't have a concussion. Achari's a guy in the bottom six that they desperately need. And they picked him up. McCabe is another top four defenseman that they desperately needed. And they picked him up. I think McCabe is like someone they desperately needed that like, He's just made the biggest difference so far. Like I, I can't it's say it's clear now that they really needed help. Kyle Dubas getting that guy for two more seasons at two million bucks per season. Give him, give him his contract extension right now. I feel like there's Sorry. so many Leaf fans who just hate this guy though. Who McCabe? Like what? I feel like there's just like a section of the fan base that just who who are these people? The people who yell at us for saying Mark Giordano's a Norris Trophy candidate. Oh, I don't think so. I think I think as soon as you put that jersey on. Every like you're you're beloved. That's how I feel. Like Luke Shen could be a dash five every night. I don't care. That's another guy. <laughs> he he's ain't he ain't winning a skating race anytime <laughs> no, soon. No, I'll tell you he, that right he now. looked like his his he, Tell me you didn't love though him him laying the body the other night and the crowd at Scotiabank going, Luke. Tell me you didn't love that. I don't know. Like I love I, that. I, I did love it. I I I yeah, I don't want to get into that conversation. Well, I, okay. Oh. <laughs> I like it's just uh, I feel like we've had this conversation like four times about Luke Shen and I just uh, I don't need to have it again. Who's okay. Let's I've asked you this a hundred times and it changes every time, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you again. Okay. Who are your six defensemen for game one? And I want pairings. I, I have a hard time picking the pairings. I'm going to be honest. Really? I, I find it's easier to name the six than it is naming the pairings. Like, would you go? It's changed so much that, like, I, I just haven't, like, I feel like with 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 forwards, it's just, it, it's about, as soon as a, a line starts contributing offense, then you feel good about the chemistry of the forward line. But to me, like, I've been a defenseman. I've had several defense partners, and it takes time to to, like, grow a partnership on the back end. And I feel like it's just been so mixed up that I don't know how I can see 
all these guys taking different shifts with each other and get a big enough sample size to just make a definitive call on pairings. Okay, okay then, okay then. Forget pairings. Yeah. Who you get are, what I'm saying, though? Yes, Does that make sense? Yes, yes, fine. Who are your six guys? Game one. Okay, well, let's get the obvious ones out of the way. We'll get McKay, Brody, I like Lilligren, and Riley. Those are four guys who are automatically in for me. And then you have... And then Giordano. Giordano, yeah, fifth. Giordano, yeah. So who's the last one? So you're looking at Gustafson, Shen, or Hall? I, I don't. You want my hot take? Yeah, sure. Eric Gustafson. I think he he's at least uh, like he's, if you want it, first of all, take Justin Hall. Everyone keeps yelling at me because I'm calling him Justin Hall. <laughs> take Justin Hall, fire him into the sun. Like, forget about him. Yeah, see this, but is that just a, a biased take because he's a guy we've watched What's for several upside? years? But what upside does he provide? I don't know. I like, feel like, but like to me, it's like maybe which, I'm blind to whatever upside he brings because I just, he's been the guy who's been around the longest. He's just, I don't love him. Like when I watch him, I just don't love him. Do I think he's awful? No, but I don't love him. He doesn't really do anything. I don't, he's not that fast. He's not good offensively. He's not physical. He got his ass kicked by Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which is embarrassing. So I would go, like, I would go, it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for someone who could potentially chip in with some offense, Eric Gustafson. If you're looking for someone who's going to be a physical force and a factor, Luke Chen. And then so, if, to me, Justin Hall, Hall is yeah. just. He's like kind of, I guess he's almost the middle in, in, in the, like, he's just like, maybe he's a faster, less physical Luke Shen, but I haven't seen enough from Eric Gustafson to, to know what he is defensively. Like I've heard that he's not that great defensively from other people who've watched him wa Washington. I've heard that he's underrated defensively well, from people who've watched him in Washington. I haven't seen him enough. Well, if we're talking, but we're talking a sixth guy here. So it really does come down. And you know, the worst part about this out of these three names. What Justin Hall has going for him is he's Sheldon Keefe's favorite hockey player. So I, I don't he's see. I, up, I, I don't see him coming. I don't see him coming out. I, I I would actually would say that you'll see Lilligren come out before you see. Even though he got he got he he sat the other night. That's the biggest Carolina. thing I'm worried about. Honestly, man, that's, Lilligren got a shitload of ice time. I'm pretty sure he was second in ice time for D-man against Ottawa. So honestly, man, that's something I'm actually literally like legitimately worried about is Sheldon Keefe costing, like cost making dumb decisions and costing this team. But I mean, at least they have options of a type of player. Like they're all the same player. Like one's offensive, one's tough. And the other guy's like just a guy, you know, that you, that you that seems like he can be relied on based on his amount of playing time and ice time that he gets from the coach. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if 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 you wanted to find something that Justin Hall is going for him, it's he's he's shown that he can play big minutes. He's the he's the devil, you know. Yeah, you know, like he's the guy you've had for for several years and who's had who's played well in the past, but at the same time, it's like. I'm I'm sick. Of, like I want to see a new guy go in yeah. because I've seen this this guy play before and he hasn't made that big of a difference. So I I don't know. <sighs> this isn't going to be We're the last so time. So close. That, yeah, I know. I know. This isn't going to be the last time that we sit and talk about who your starting six defensemen are. Well, it's the only thing to talk about because yeah. what what like 
it's over. Yeah, like the it, season's it, it, over. It like let's just let's get to the yeah. We're we're, get we're officially getting we're officially in the home stretch here where it's like okay, get to the good stuff. Like this is how we're feeling right now. When I start hearing things like Gary Bettman wants to extend the season to like 84, 86 games, I'm like, no, don't do that. It's like it's all eighty-two games is already too many. Like, sorry, I was I was hearing. Sorry, it's too long. I think it was like I, I don't know when it was, but I was listening to Merrick's show and they were like talking about expansion. Yeah, so again. yeah, they're talking about there's rumors going around right now that the NHL is considering expansion. The NHL product is already so watered down, and now you're gonna. Put, it's just this is a league that like you're gonna get. Like what? Like a billion dollars for an expansion franchise? Houston. Find me one person in Houston, Texas, that wants to go watch NHL hockey. And Atlanta. Atlanta already failed. Houston. Okay. Like it seems like Dallas does okay, and Houston's now a top five populated city in North America. Like that's I'm okay with that. At least that makes sense. You're going into a big market that loves sports. Yeah. yeah it's not. It's never going to measure up to the other things, but. At least there's enough people who live there that you can get in the building and make it entertaining. But Atlanta, yeah, I know. Like, I know. What are we doing? It's it's that's awful. It's Gary. Gary just sees that there's someone who's willing to pay the money. But when when you have a watered down product, what's happened now is the last two expansion teams. The first one went to the Cup the, final its first year, yeah. And then the Kraken, they're they're gonna make the playoffs this year, yeah. So it's like it's not the Atlanta failed in a in a sense because they were so bad. Yeah, yeah. That it, they just never got a, a chance to to get on the road here. But this is a league where the like the difference between like it's not a big difference between the the, the best not not the worst the, the worst teams are bad. But like those bubble teams, like Ottawa's a good team, but they're not gonna make the playoffs. You know, like you can come in, get some good players, play a good system, make the playoffs your first year. Yeah, second year you get a guy who's decent goalie. Like look at Seattle. They got no star power. Yeah. Jared McCann. The yeah. Leafs didn't want him. Yep. Oh, that's a sore spot for someone. A lot of people, too, who are watching this. Honestly, the guy, yeah. guy, he's, guy's like a bona fide goal scorer. What do you think so, of Bobby I mean, McMahon? Everyone loves Bobby McMahon because he's lighting up the American Hockey League. And in fairness, when he gets called up, he's in a bottom six role. So how much can he really do? But it doesn't matter. All this is. But you know what I like about that, though? When you're lighting up the AHL, you should you should be the guy in line. Yes, to, to get the shot. Yes. So I like that in a sense. Yes, but like they're, they're bringing up some guy because he's a good checker. Like, oh, it's like, Bob, this is our best player. He's the next in line to come up when we need somebody. You know who we desperately need to get here, Matthew Nyes, because you, uh, us, and anyone else who does a Leaf podcast is going to be hanging on by a thread. That's make believe, man. No, he's coming he's in. A make believe. He's person. coming in. He's coming like, in. He's not coming. He, oh, he's coming. He's coming. How do you know? He's coming. <laughs> he's coming. Oh, uh, classic leaf. Just throw some guy in the. Remember the. But, remember, but it's I'll never now. forget. I'll never forget the one year where Sam Coase and Jimmy VC were. Oh, Jimmy VC. And, and I remember watching TSN one day and they had Leafs projected lineup. And this was before anything ever happened. And there was Stamkos as the number one center, Jimmy VC as the <laughs> second. Li- yeah, like, this is what this market does. They throw someone in the lineup. And then they get Jimmy VC and, have- and Sheldon Keefe's like, that's enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to watch this anymore. 
<laughs> oh god, uh, he's brutal. What do you think of the what do you think of the St. Pat's unis? I like the I, I I mean they're not bad, but they they're just they need a they need a Mako. I love the the fact that they the tradition of them. I love that they wear them on actual St. Patrick's Day, but they're kind of like like let's like go back to the yeah, like the, some people are like oh you just need to flip the color scheme and like yes you do but like no let's go back to the mats yeah. i want the brown pants i want brown, the brown helmets brown gloves brown even. gloves yeah like let's go back like there's that picture you always see of mats rocking the like the old school like green st pats with all the brown gear yes yeah they're not bad unis but they just they fall into that like like their winter, their 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 winter classic jerseys were the same thing. Like yeah. they just fall into that same pattern with the middle stripe, and it's yeah. just it just looks like it's a needs prototype, a, which needs is a, a different makeover. logo thrown on it. Needs a makeover. I think the Leafs third jersey game in general is puzzling because I think their reverse retro this year is one of the nicest uniforms they've ever had, and they've only worn it twice. I think the Bieber unis. Like while I think that it's it's cool and it's good for the game to have the collab with with Bieber, like they're they're not my favorite. Like the the numbers on the back are like you can't. They're they're not my favorite. I think they're like there's this reliance to be so basic with the third uni. That's why I like the the reverse retro so much because it has like the white shoulders and it's like it's, it's such a nice uniform. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems like it was since Shanny's come in, like the. At the remember they used to wear the third jersey like all, all the, the time, time. yes, yeah. pre Shanahan, and then yeah. they came in, they changed the logo, and it just seems like they're just like this is tradition. We're just gonna wear our home home and aways, and which then, is very which is very Red Wings. That's yeah, very it Red is Wings. Very too. Red Wings. I yeah, you're right. All right, we ended up going uh, 37 minutes here. I thought when we first started, I was like, how the hell are we gonna get to 10 minutes? Today? I feel like that happens to me every episode. Yeah, you start off. Well, that's the problem when you when you're going like. What's the problem now? That's what I'm saying. Matthew Nyes needs to get here so we can dissect every aspect about Matthew Nyes. And that's like three episodes worth of content. A make-believe hockey player. Oh, he's coming. But but again, in every Leaf fan's mind, that's like, this, you know, in your mind, you can convince yourself that's the spark they need to get over the hump. Just bringing in a nice, fresh, talented prospect who's big, Plays physicals, just a human highlight reel. Could this be like the superstar? Probably has a, probably he's a little cocky in a way. Just walks in the dressing room. I'm here. Let's go. And that's that's the difference. That's 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 what every Leaf diehard is picturing in their head right now. And it's think a about the much, Maple Leaf hockey player Matthew Nice. It's a much better situation because of the guys they've gone out and acquired. So now. Like when we were talking about Matthew Nyes in like November, we were like, "Oh, he's the second line left winger. He's coming in, and he's like, that's who you, that's who you're putting with Tavares and Nylander." And it was like the expectations were way too high for the kid. Whereas now it's like, no, no, they've got way like they're they're a lot deeper up front, so you could slot him in in a third line, even fourth line role, and then all he's got to do is go out there. I agree with you. Like if he does come up, I hope somebody sits him down and goes, "Listen." Don't worry about anything. Like, just go out there and play hockey. Don't worry about what you need to be doing and being the same. Like, don't worry about that. Like, go out there and just play your game. I just, I mean, from all the highlights you watch, it looks like he's a guy who can handle it. Yes. Like, I mean, his highlight reel is pretty, pretty ridiculous. And there's some good hockey players who've come out of college who are just 
top, top NHL talent. Yeah. So don't make believe, though. All right, we're going to get out of here. Um, we'll be back. We'll play a lot. Though. Like That's another thing about this stretch coming up here. It's every other night for the rest of the season. So strap strap yourselves in. Um, I'm sure, like like we're seeing with Leafs Nation, even though they've got the playoff spots sewn, sewn up, it's still going to be an emotional roller coaster ride. And Yeah, so thanks so much, everybody, for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. If you're listening to the audio version, leave a like, leave a five-star review, little comment. Every little bit helps. We'll catch you guys next time. Hi, I'm Joel McLeod, co-host of the 905er podcast. The 905 is one of the most diverse and densely populated regions of Canada. Four and a half million of us live, work, and play in the area surrounding Toronto. That's more people in the 905 than actually live in Toronto. Each election, the 905 decides who forms our government at both the provincial and federal levels. So why isn't more attention being focused on us here in the 905? We're looking to change that. My co-hosts, Roland Tanner and I, tell the stories that define what we are calling the most important region in Canada. Each week, we bring to your attention news, culture, and issues that make up what it means to be a 905er. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Or you can visit us at 905er.ca to subscribe. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.